And we're live. Are we? Yes, we are. What's uh, up, Mr. Elliot? Not showing Lane? on mine. StreamYard's <laughs> messing with me today. Get out of here with that nonsense. Welcome to Cannabis Insider. I still don't think I'm live, but Javier, I believe you. You're a trustworthy individual. Well, hope I, everybody's I slept for like 80 minutes last night. I came back from a oh, conference, God. so like I'm I'm a little bit hazy today. I'm not convinced anymore. With me. <laughs> I'm not convinced anymore. I think you're hallucinating. I think I think we're all just talking to to a wall right now. <laughs> what up, y'all? Elliot Lane, Javier Haas here, bringing you your bi-weekly episode of cannabis news and amazing executives throughout the space. We're bringing on once again Morgan Paxia in episode two of Benzinga and Poseidon's joint venture here. <laughs> but with that being said, super excited to hear what Morgan's thinking of the week. But before all that, Aaron Thomas, get us started. All right, all right, all right. We're in, we're ready, and it's a slow week. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a ton happening. Javi, what do you yeah, see? Yeah, no, there is some stuff happening. I, I, I'm excited about what's going on. Like, okay, honestly, all right. Of everything here and there. You two seasons over, so Javi's now excited. <laughs> what up, Ebru Dior? Great years coming up. Amen. Amen. All right, Javi. Well, tell us what are you excited about, man? What 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 gets you going? I'm dropping a meme in the chat. Actually, uh, <laughs> I don't want Aaron to see if we can share that. I don't know why, but I'm 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 feeling a little bit. Funny now you feeling spicy? He's feeling spicy. He's got some memes. Jamie McLaren. So many layoffs. Yeah, yeah. It's been a tough year for throughout the space from top to bottom. <laughs> They seem to be slowing down a little bit now. They know? do. It was mostly Q1, Q2. Yeah. We did. We have seen some recently as well, but uh, the majority of them were earlier in the year. But still, I mean, Javier, do you think? Um, any, you know, do you think we see rehiring at a at a fast rate as well, or is it no. just right sizing? No, 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 no. I think you know the the companies adjusted their their staff uh, to where it needed to be. Um, and again, I, I do blame the company for overextending, of course. Um, you know, and 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 you know, people suffering from from these layoffs. But I think we're kind of seeing the end of that specific trend. Uh, what what we saw in this last quarter versus the two prior quarters of the year, I think, were was that that companies are looking for efficiencies and way to ways to cut costs and optimize their spending in, in other areas. Right? They're they're divesting non-core assets. They're reducing operating expenses. They're trying to find synergies and other efficiencies versus continuing to lay off uh, massively. Yeah, and it it's not a good thing, right? It's never a good thing. Q two reports will show you that some of these efficiencies are paying off for shareholders, right? So take that as you will. I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing, but it is a fact that the efficiencies are moving their balance sheets in a right-sized direction. Now, that being said, ideally, we've learned a few lessons <laughs> and we will move forward as a smarter and more mature industry. Uh, and I'm sure Morgan actually has some comments on that later. But Javi, first off, man, um, what else? Um, uh, stuff. Let's start with some something fun. Uh, Mike Tyson fun. is starting a weed boxing championship in 
Thailand, what that means is that participants will be required to smoke a bong, a bong or joint before participating. And spectators will also be encouraged to do the same. Seriously. Is this real? Is th this is real. I don't even know how to react to this. Um, I, I guess it's it's fun for spectators. I can't imagine it's very safe for the boxers. But YOLO, do you. Have fun. Yeah. Go for it. And, and I, for one, would not want to be um, any kind of intoxicated while I'm boxing Mike Tyson. That's all I'm going to say. I, oh. I would like him to be intoxicated while I box him. But in no way, shape, or form am I going to have Mike Tyson throwing punches at me after I smoke a joint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a risk and share my Instagram screen. I hope I'm not showing anything insane. I'm going to double and triple check just in case. I don't want a, a hot mic situation here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is a meme that that our fantastic editor at Elpanteo did. We do a, a weekly meme thing uh, called Mematopis. But look at this fantastic edit, you know, where Maggie is now a wee fat. I don't even remember that episode, but <laughs> isn't that hilarious? That's good. That's actually really good. Y'all, if you watch The Simpsons, drop a one. We love The Simpsons. <laughs> Ugh, they were they were there before. All right, all right, Javi, let's speed this up, man. Let's do a quick rapid fire. Let's get Morgan and his insights over here. Let's do it. Another piece of good news. Uh, Shikari Richardson is now officially the fastest woman in the world. She ran 100 meters in 10.65 seconds. And, you know, Get it, as a reminder, you know, she was also the protagonist of this scandal, quote unquote, during the Olympics where she was disqualified for cannabis use. And this comes to show this proves that cannabis consumers are not only not lazy, not only not, for, you know, uh, very productive, but they can also be top athletes. Uh, we're, this is from the, the Mike Tyson, the, the boxing item. Enhanced recovery, more focus. You know, this is all this all falls in line with education uh, around the space and what cannabis can be used for. Oh, yeah. What, what did you think about Leaf Brands' um, Q2 report? Yeah, it was great, man. It was a 15% increase in revenues. Yep. It's pretty strong, I think. I mean, listen, it's all about, you know, what cash you have on hand and, and what cash you're generating right now as opposed to, you know, revenue, it, you know, it's about how much you're really losing at the end of the day. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's more to look at than just that, but I do think this uh, was a really nice, uh, it was a really nice um, contrast, I would say, to the other operators that we saw in Q2. Oh, yeah. But here's the one thing that I would say, you know, that it's commonality. If we had to 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 draw like a, connecting line between most of these earnings reports is we're seeing shrinking gross margins not not wildly uh you know lower but like 31 percent versus 33 percent for the same quarter um, you know though like year. it's a different market right now than it was this time last year and i think if you can still have growth in this market if you can still you know i i would say cancel out your losses um more so than last year in a market that is just getting consistently tougher and tougher quarter over quarter until something happens in DC. I I don't really care. I mean, no offense to what you're saying. It's not what I'm saying. Like it is something worth pointing yeah. out to those who do, but I, I think you just got to look at Q2 in, in the current market. 
and if they're able to do something sequentially that is increasing their free and operating cash flows. I agree. I agree. Some news out of Canopy Growth, CGC, which is which seems to be betting more and more on the adult use market. They're launching uh, uh, distillate-infused pre-rolls with up to 39% THC um, in brands like Tweed and Seven Acres. Um, and actually, uh, it's a lot for of the first time in a medical yeah. company from um, Canopy called Spectrum Therapeutics. Nice. Very nice. Cool it's, update it's from value for customers. I'm not a big fan of these levels of THC. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I was having this discussion in Twitter the other day, actually around, um, you know, some comments from Emily Paxi at the last Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference. People were talking about THC levels and, and increased visits to, uh, you know, emergency rooms and increased levels of, of, of psychotic outbreaks among young people. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with, with the fact that the industry is sometimes overdoing THC percentages. And I'm not saying that, uh, that people like some specific conditions, <laughs> medical conditions, need a high percentage of THC uh, to treat them. But, um, you know, I agree with you, but I think it's, it's all about the consumer you're trying to hit at the end of the day. You got to know your consumer. You got to know what they want. Uh, at the end of the day, you should probably have products that have low THC. You should probably have products that have high THC, you know, for what that means for your yeah. consumer. But, but you know, then when we have people on our show, especially from, from the edible side, right, we, we discuss this often. We ask them, like, why do you have this 100 milligram edible? What the hell and is what that? they tell us is, like, this is what people are demanding because they want high quality. It is. It is and value, right? And you and, and usually if you get like you, you can get value weed, which is not great, or you can get often. And I am a proponent that cheap weed can still be awesome. But but people are looking for value, right? So if I, I really feel like Javi's about to come out with like his own brand and it's gonna be a value brand, and Javi's like cheap weed's great, and he has all this history of saying it on this show. Yeah. Cheap weed's I'm, awesome. I'm gonna launch the brand, it's gonna go the cheap. <laughs> Cheap greed, cheap, cheap greed, not cheap weed or great cheap weed or something like that. I got to do some greed. I love it. All right, Javi, I think we have rambled on long enough. Let's bring over Morgan Paxia. Talk to us about what he thinks Yo. about all this news. Uh, and I think we have one more item from Cureleaf that I'd love to have him over here for. So Aaron Thomas, let's bring on Morgan Paxia, um, co-managing partner of Poseidon Asset Management. Welcome back, Morgan. Hello. Episode dose, my friend. Episode dose. How are you? All right. I'm glad to be back. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. Javier thinks it's a busy Tuesday. I'm not really in agreement there. <laughs> what are you seeing this week, man? I, I mean, is anything like um, yeah, tickling your fancy or are you seeing anything that's like opening your eyes a little bit? Well, uh, yeah, if you guys saw the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America news uh, that came out, it was in Marijuana Moment. It just hit before the show started. So, um, you know, they've been getting more active and more educated about the industry and trying to help with moving some things forward. Uh, today, they were talking about how to help regulate some of these hemp-derived uh, cannabinoids like Delta Whoa. 8 uh, yeah. and things like that. So. Um, I thought that was really interesting uh, yeah. and helpful. 
right? Because this is a big issue. Um, you know, I've been a proponent that you tax and regulate. It's kind of like our whole thing, right? <laughs> is that so, now, now, Morgan, just, I mean, might as well like go into this a little bit since you brought it up. The Delta yeah. 9 THC beverages, they're just called THC beverages now. Like, I mean, you're seeing this like rebrand of these hemp derived cannabinoids from Delta 8. Like they're not Delta 8, they're not Delta 10, but they're Delta 9. And they're saying, you know, very similar to marijuana, same, same idea. It's just hemp derived. So you hit that loophole, right? Is that something that the alcohol industry is going to, are they open to that? It's incredibly confusing, right? I mean, if you go to like <laughs> yeah. 7-Elevens or Circle K's and they just have federally legal THC, right? That's like how they label these things, which is totally crazy. Um, you know, it's so misleading to the customer. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, so I'm been a big fan of like, we got to get this under the regulatory umbrella. And by the way, we've kind of built this massive state to state regulatory umbrella already. So if it, if it classifies as intoxicating, it falls under any cannabis licensed operator and they're free to produce it, right? If they want mm -hmm. to, and then let the customer decide. Well, would probably be in a similar boat that they would want to know what is being sold and versus being undercut, right? I mean, they were not, they were not big fans of the moonshine industry once things became legal, right? They wanted that yeah. to go away. And you could kind of argue that some of these alternative cannabinoids are being derived in a, um, in a moonshine kind of way because they're not under cannabis licensure. They're under the farm bill kind of uh, uh, gray area. And so the, the challenge is, you know, for, for us old hats that have been doing this long enough, you know, we can all remember Vapegate and news that were getting mm -hmm. cut into some of those products, which were coming out of the illicit market. And um, so, you know, I have similar concerns that we could have a, another issue like that coming mm -hmm. from these hemp derived cannabinoids by those that are trying to cut corners because they don't have any regulatory oversight. And by the way, they're free of 280E, so they have an incredible uh, cost advantage. Um, so that's why you've seen that industry explode from zero from a couple of years ago when, when CBD actually had some pricing to it um, to today where it's what a two to $3 billion industry in the United States. I think it's, you know, kind of estimated to be that way. But, you know, talking about the, the wine and spirits wholesalers of America association, they already, by, by the way, they came out, you know, in support of legalization back in March. But, you know, I'm thinking of the parallels between all this like THC Delta eight beverage and, and the disclosures that they need or that they're obliged to do versus the alcohol industry, right? And if you look at, for instance, heart seltzers, there are heart seltzers that are produced with vodka and there are heart seltzers that are produced with ethyl alcohol and they're not obliged to disclose it in big letters. Only if you look at the ingredients in the small print, do you realize which one is made with decent alcohol and which one is made with, with alcohol that is basically like rubbing alcohol. Rubbing alcohol, yeah. Yeah, and I've tried one of those one like one time by mistake. I bought like a random heart seltzer, and I was like, "This is terrible!" Right, and and the idea <laughs> that it had for a very long time was, was that like that were that was what a heart seltzer was. Which, by the way, now I think they're awesome. They're awesome, right? Agreed. And I, I don't know. I think we lost Morgan for a second. Go can. Oh, he's back. Um, and and the same thing. I think I'm, that is what what concerns me. What worries me here is that that a, a large percentage of America will think, oh, this is what weed feels like, uh, and it's not right. The same way that that you know a great heart seltzer is probably fine if you drink in moderation, but if you drink even one of the the the, the ethyl alcohol ones, 
I felt the effects the next day after one small can. It's like 5% alcohol, but it sucked. Right. And I'm concerned that is the, the takeaway that most of America is getting nowadays. It's like, oh, we beverages are terrible. We are not getting audio. Yeah, you might be muted there, Morgan, through a mic. Um, you there you no, go. Yes. There you okay. go. Yeah, Javi, I just I totally agree with you. I mean, that's just um, that's a perfect example. And, and this is like in some of these states that like take Alabama, for example, which unfortunately seems like that market is is non-existent for who knows how long. Right. I mean, that is it's going to be litigation. Yeah. So there's no clear path to licensure um, at all. And so anytime a market seems to have like this too long of a delay, what fills the void uh, is these, these hemp derived cannabinoids. And, and to your point, it, it's like, if that's all you become, you know, used to knowing either one, you're right. Like you're gonna have a bad experience or two, you're just be like, okay. And then when, when legal weed shows up, they'll be like, well, why, why bother? I, why pay another $5 more for this joint when I can just get it at the gas station? So, and I think that's going to be a hard thing to, to uh, combat against. So I do think it's better to, to nip it in the bud. I think that's why Maryland's, um, I love what Maryland did. They just went full force and got their legal market, their adult use market open as fast as they did because they didn't want the, uh, the hemp, uh, uh, you know, these hemp products to, you know, cloud up the market. Yeah, very, very smart. Now, <laughs> farmers are trying to sue. But that being said, you know, it's a different market now. Um, awesome. So, you know, Morgan, what we see with a lot of these budgets around the cannabis spaces, uh, we see marketing being cut. Um, you know, we see marketing, PR, IR, you know, basically communication with um, the consumer, with the shareholder being one of the first things to go. And you just kind of taking that back though to what Javi's saying, it seems education, um, you know, and, and marketing to the appropriate consumer are some of the most important things we can be doing right now um, mm -hmm. to separate ourselves from kind of wannabe products in that sense. So, you know, just curious, like it seems like we're a bit of a paradox. Does do, do we wait for 280E to, to go away so there's more money freed up? Or uh, is there a way for these companies to get more information, more education in front of the consumer. Yeah, there's lots to unpack here for sure. Um, you know, with these businesses, so they're, they're trying to combat two, two challenges. Um, obviously, as we've talked about taxes, everyone's got to pay the taxes um, and interest. So how much they're levered up, right? And how much interest expense that really hurts their ability to generate free cash flow. When you have uh, prices dropping, wholesale prices dropping, pressure and gross margins, um, that puts a lot of pressure then to look below to your operating expenses and trying to get that down. And so, you know, for a long time, they had pretty elevated operating budgets, you know, where they were running 40 plus percent, um, you know, kind of the standard, I'd say, or the gold standard is GTI, which is historically in the low 20s. Um, and I think they still have, um, you know, decent uh, marketing uh, plans and strategies. Just for them, it's just been more of a steady Kind of position they didn't have a boom and and trying to do this rapid you know decline so it's it's more of just like a normalization i do think it's it is a mm -hmm. challenge because i know emily's been talking about this too is not what what also gets hurt in in trying to do this massive cost containment is to your point about you know effectively uh penetrating and and you know getting that returning customer and educating and you know the loyalty and all that good stuff but so is innovation 
And, and so the innovation cycle of new product formulations, new products for customers um, has really declined. And so what do we talk about? Like you were just mentioning about Canopy launching an infused pre-roll. I mean, we've been doing that here in California for what, five years or so, you know, like that is like standard, a standard product line for us. Um, so, you know, it's like, it's, it's, we've just not seen that, that much innovation. So the consumer for whatever reason thinks that, oh, I just have to buy the highest THC possible. And so they're just putting products out there that will uh, satisfy that demand. So I think there's both innovation and marketing um, that are, are lacking uh, while we go through this, this uh, normalization process. Um, you know, the, the third thing though is, is um, along with marketing getting cut is um, the CapEx. I mean, we have gone through a massive CapEx boom initially and now arguably a bust where you have the largest operators are in, in our industry have cut CapEx in aggregate about 50% year over year. And that's including GTI, who has one of wow. the strongest CapEx growth budgets of the industry. So if you took GTI out, actually, it would be that year over year decline would be even more severe. Goodness. I want to get your thoughts in Germany. Do you do you have any thoughts in Curalif in Germany? C-U-R-L-F on the OTC. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's pretty specific for what Curalif is trying to accomplish. They're they're trying to play two businesses. It seems, you know, how I look at it is their U.S. business. They're trying to maximize efficiency and cut costs, and they're doing that. And there's more to be done there. Um, and they're trying to look to Europe as their growth engine. So while, while they're waiting for their U.S. business to stabilize and, and get it to a better spot, um, they see that as a, as a source of growth for them. Um, it'll be interesting. I, you know, I don't really you know, see how Germany is going to be that robust of a market in the near term. Um, same thing with the U.K. Um, I just, you know, for a business of that scale, how, how much of a contribution is it going to be? I know they're optimistic about it, but I just don't really see how the numbers translate in the yeah. next year, year and a half. No, with the club model, I, I don't see it either. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the club model, that's a great point. Yeah, uh, Colin on our team has been doing a lot of work on that. And that's a really interesting kind of situation there and, and probably does change that growth trajectory, I think more than a lot of the uh, pro forma plans that we still get put in front of us, uh, <laughs> you know, are, are trying to anticipate it. You know, when you look at these German uh, business plans, it feels like looking at the, you know, U.S. or, you know, five years ago or the Canadian LP pitch decks, you know, seven, eight years ago, where it's just like total hockey stick. And uh, yeah, it doesn't yeah. work that way. So, more, Jamie, you're dropping some great one-liners on us in the chat. Yeah, today. man. Let's Seriously, I'm to come back every Tuesday and Thursday at one. This is great. Um, so, Morgan, two more questions for you from me. First, we're going to go a little stock-based. And then second, I want to start ending these shows with a get-to-know-Morgan uh, question. So I got one for you today. But first off, I'm looking at MSOS right now. And looking across the last week, we have like three bull flags uh, happening. Uh, just seems to go up. Aaron Thomas, if you mind pulling that up, that might be interesting. I mean, a lot of people are just very, very bare case uh, on MSOS, on MSOs. Um, you know, looking at what seems to be the main ETF for the U.S. cannabis space. Do you have any thoughts in terms of how you look at this, in terms of how you gauge the value of the volume uh, of the stock price? Uh, just how you look at the public cannabis market uh, when seeing MSOS? 
Well, as someone that's been unwinding an ETF, um, I've been very active in the market uh, for the last you know week and a half. Um, and some breaking mm-hmm. news, because um, I know people are like very nervous about our unwinding. Um, as of today, we are, I think there's like very little left. We've sold almost everything. We're out of Ascend. So everyone that's been saying, you know, we've been, you know, Ascend's having massive volume today, but we're out. So, wow. Um, so there you go. Um, you guys so are great, Morgan, for real. I, I mean that genuinely. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. It's, uh, it's been a journey, but, uh, <laughs> everything is a journey. Um, so, you know, so I think that'll help, you know, obviously, cause people have been just citing us as a, as a source of concern around the market pressure. Um, also citing the MJUS rebalance as a source of pressure. Looks like they're largely done with that. So as you're removing all of this so-called pressure or just perceived pressure, I think that is helping. So MSOS, uh, you mm-hmm. know, if you look at you know some of their top holdings like GTI is is actually up um, over that time period. Others are are not, but you know that's a, a significant holding for them. Um, Cureleaf was another one of their large holdings. I think it's like twenty something percent of MSOS, and uh, Cureleaf was one that did go through a massive rebalance through MJUS, and they really did impact that. Uh, stock pretty hard. So once they were through that period, you've seen the stock recover. And so I think those are, you know, two big positions that are naturally helping, um, you know, MSO, MSOS move off of this, uh, you know, because they haven't retested their lows, right? As you're, as you've got on the chart here, um, they hit their lows right around the same time we did, right? As, uh, and they've, they've held back up. Um, so it's good to see that. Great. What do you think? Thank you. What are your thoughts? I mean, honestly, it's, uh, uh, in my fundamental knowledge of the space, uh, it's hard to get too optimistic uh, about the week. But that being said, if we can establish a new low, uh, it does seem like the low keeps rising. Um, I think it's it's a it's a decently safe bet, at least for the next little bit. What kind of volume are we looking at, right? Because that is, that, that is always the concern, right? Like on, on low volumes, uh, the, the the surges and drops are... Um, you know, it, they're not always great indicators. What, what, what do you see? It's so small. I can see it. Average daily 2.38. How big of a volume is that, Morgan? Can you, can you explain it in, in layman's terms? Like, is it enough volume for it to be a, a good indicator of the state of the industry? Or can a couple of institutional investors or, or whales or whatever just like really move it very easily well so good couple of points in there um one the average volume for this time of day is very low right now so it is it is but i mean mm-hmm. you know this seasonally late august you know as we we're just talking post queues before senate back in session like interest in cannabis stocks are generally low this time it's just very seasonal like it's mm-hmm. from here through labor day snooze fest other than when people like us are, are having to be active um but uh but yeah so so you know it's not surprising to see volumes getting lighter even in in that name nice thing about etfs are if you did have an institutional buyer like today there's been almost a million shares traded today if an institutional buyer wanted to put in a million shares today it's very easy for them to do that without really having any impact on the on the stock price, um, there you know there's a way that in ETF land where you have share creation redemption, so it doesn't just create this. 
otherwise it'd be more like a closed end fund where if you're trying to jam a bunch of volume into something and they can't create more shares then it then it creates a massive premium to the nav getting very technical but point is is you know that's the great thing about an etf is that it can it can be that accordion and can very efficiently manage if there is a big inflow or outflow relative to the daily volume so i'm not i don't look at that really per se especially for you know managing an etf that had very low daily volume but you know some days we'd all of a sudden have like 10x our volume because we had a buyer come in and you know call up the market makers and do a share create and get it all done amen uh awesome so last question uh before we have to wrap up here morgan favorite type of cannabis product so there's my most commonly used and my most favorite and those are not the same all right so, we'll do favorite we'll do favorite this week okay favorite for me is actually just a really good pre-roll i'm too lazy to roll it myself <laughs> but i like can you roll really wait, wait wait can you roll or not i'm gonna put myself in the lower success i'm gonna say snoop dog wouldn't role. have hired any of us so but like you know you like, have so not yeah, seen me roll dude challenge <laughs> <laughs> accepted sorry go ahead morgan Oh yeah, no. I mean, we could. We maybe we should do this in Benzinga. Yes, rolling contest. Javier Morgan and Jason Raznick. Come on, you know you want to see it. Javier's <laughs> like, I got I, this. I will down. embarrass the hell out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Emily will be there to take a video and, and make oh, sure it goodness. never dies. Yes, make sure don't. it never dies. Um, yeah. Morgan, last question. I said that was the last favorite brand, or do you have a preferred brand? Is it easy access? Whatever the brand you use mostly is. Oh, uh, so so my most common is I use the PAX, uh, the PAX era, and I use, my most commonly purchased pod would be, um, uh, um, oh my gosh, uh, I've, we've, I've been working with them forever. Um, they're the, one of the ones that Canopy USA bought. Um, oh, um, Jetty. Jetty, yeah, because I didn't yep. want to say Jeter, but Jetty, yeah. Yeah. Jetty Diamonds. Jetty's a pop popular name. I mean, they really are doing great work over there. Understandably so. Rock solid for years. Yeah. I really, want to really shout out PAX too, honestly. The, the PAX Plus is the first portable, sleek, dry herb vaporizer that is not disappointing that I've tried. You have the stores in Brickle. You got it. I got to be honest. That, that one is awesome too, but it's like this big, right? The, mm -hmm. the PAX Plus delivers amazing vapor that feels almost like like uh smoke perfect for a sleek experience if you're in a hotel for instance <laughs> not advice all right he's <laughs> getting some shady advice over here uh morgan avi thank you all appreciate you morgan we'll see you again same right. bad time same bad place next week one eastern time right here morgan will drop some more knowledge bombs on us appreciate you sir thank you peace um, all right, y'all. Really appreciate you tuning in. Jamie, come back all the time. Hot dog water pre-rolls might be on my next hat. Um, <laughs> hot dog water pre-rolls rolled by Javier. Burn. Burn, Javi. Burn. Oh, he's like, test me. Test me, bro. Um, Ebru, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, Adazia, thank you very much. Really appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be back again Thursday at 1 Eastern time with another guest. Uh, tune in. We'll see you then. Peace.